Welcome to Zeal Aging Redefined, where we're changing the narrative of aging and inspiring women 40 plus to age with boldness, confidence, and kick-ass positivity. So join me each week as we have real talk conversations to ensure that people know maturity brings strength, wisdom, and superpowers. Welcome to Zeal Aging Redefined, where we're changing the narrative of aging and inspiring women 40 plus to age with boldness, confidence, and kick-ass positivity. I'm Stella Ringer, your chief of Aging Fabulous, and I'm here to talk about the real issues that impact women 40 plus as we age in mind, body, beauty, and fashion. And today we're gonna get skin deep and talk about skincare as we age. And we have the most perfect guest today that you guys will meet in a second, who's been in Atlanta and one of the most well-renowned dermatologists that I know. And she's gonna give us tips and tools as we think about skincare and as we age into these beautiful women that we are today. And a quick story, and I'm, I'm going to ask Dr. Sylvia Wright, who's our guest, just one second, you guys will meet her, because a quick kind of story for me is that my mom, my sister, and now me, we have these little splotches on our face. And my mom said, okay, Stella, you're going to get them. As you age, you'll get them, because I have them, my mother had them, and your older sister. I'm like, no, mom, I don't think so. She was right. I got them. But again, Dr. Wright is going to help us uh, kind of think through some questions as it relates to skin care and as we age. So let's welcome to the show, Dr. Sylvia Wright. Stella, thank you so much for having welcome. me. Um, I'm so happy that you're covering this topic today because it is such an exciting time mm -hmm. for women over 40 yes. to embrace who they are and their beauty. And there's so many options available to us that we can talk about to really keep us looking timeless mm -hmm. and the way that we want to look over yes. the years. And we don't all necessarily want to look younger. Right. We just want to look great for where we are in life. Agree, and I'm glad you mentioned that. It's not that we're trying to go backwards. Right. Yes, we learn from those experiences that we've had in the past and we grow and move forward, but you're right. It's just being our best selves now. Absolutely. Which brings me to a question that I ask everyone on the show. So I'd like your perspective as well, just personally. So what's your definition of aging out loud and how does that manifest in your life? I feel like it manifests for me in just really feeling comfortable in mm -hmm. who I am and the way I look here and now. Mm -hmm. um, not trying to go back to another era yeah. and really truly and at the core, feeling good about where I am today. Mm -hmm. Agree, agree. So do you think, did you ever, and this is kind of before we kind of get into the, to the medical expertise, did you ever hear that little person on your shoulder at any point in your life, maybe when you turned 40, that kind of had you question your value or your place in life? Did you ever hear that? You know, it's voice? interesting. I didn't hear it at 40. Mm -hmm. Loved 40 probably my absolute favorite decade, 40 mm -hmm. to 50. Mm -hmm. And then 50 rolled around and there was this voice. And mm -hmm. fortunately, only for about 24 hours, okay. I could not get it out of my head. Mm. And I think it wasn't where I was in life or mm -hmm. the way I looked in life or mm -hmm. that I didn't feel successful in life. It was that little feeling of, okay, 
I've crossed to the other side and mm-hmm. there is this issue of mortality right. that comes right. up. And, and that's really when it hit my mind. But mm-hmm. the reality is none of us are promised another day. Yes. So we need to live each day like it's our last, whether it's our fifth year, our 50th year, or our 80th year, because we don't know. We don't. We don't. And I agree. I agree of living each day to the fullest. And, you know, Zeal, Aging Redefined is all about educating women 40 plus, but it's also leaving a roadmap for millennials and those in their 20s as well. So they can see that live life each day. It doesn't end once you turn 40. It's almost like the beginning of a new milestone in life. So agree, we need to live our life to the fullest. So let's get to your medical expertise and tell us a little bit about like your background from, you know, where'd you go to medical school, et cetera. Yes, so I am originally from Nashville, Tennessee and um, lived there until I came to college here in Atlanta at Mm -hmm. Emory University Mm -hmm. um, where I was part of their scholars program. Um, I fortunately went to medical school at Meharry Medical College back Mm -hmm. in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm the fourth generation from my family to finish Meharry Medical College, Mm -hmm. and my husband also finished Meharry. Did y'all meet there? We actually met here in Atlanta. Okay. When I was at Emory and he was at Morehouse, we had some mutual friends, and then we ended up in medical school together. Um, So long story (laughs) short, um, ended up um, doing my dermatology training at Mm -hmm. Harvard in Boston, Mm -hmm. and then came back here to Atlanta um, and joined Peachtree Dermatology. Mm -hmm. And now I'm a senior partner and physician at Peachtree Dermatology. I've had an incredible time Mm -hmm. working in the Atlanta area, um, seeing women of men and men of Mm -hmm. all different ages and skin types, and really being able to help people put their best foot forward, whether it's for aesthetic purposes Mm -hmm. or whether it's for the health of their skin and their bodies. And so dermatology has been incredibly satisfying for me. So how did you choose dermatology? It was a path. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I eventually circled around to it because it combines a lot of kind of long-term medical management of skin diseases that people have, Mm -hmm. but there's a huge surgical component to it. There's a huge aesthetic component to it, which really uses a completely different part of of your brain. Um, And then there's also um, kind of this um, technological or technology part of it where we Mm -hmm. deal with with lasers and devices and all sorts of things that can help our skin be the best that it can be. So guys, you see she's smart. Harry and Harvard, she knows what she's talking about. So, okay. So let's get into, again, the expertise, your medical expertise around skincare. So you heard me mention these little splotches on my face that my grandmother, my mother, and my older sister, we kind of all have them. So tell us how genetics might play a role around skincare and how it might impact us, you know, as we age, because I didn't get them until I got older like my mom said I was going to get. So (laughs) that's a very common question. I deal with it every day. Mm -hmm. And as you know, genetics affects everything in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And the changes that our bodies undergo as our bodies mature, Mm -hmm. a lot of it is genetic. Now, diet, exercise, um, how we live our lives, plays some role in it, but the genetics are always there. Mm -hmm. So what happens with pigmentation in the skin? As we mature, 
We can start to get little growths on the skin that are elevated, that are hereditary, but we also can get flat brown spots. And a lot of that is um, hormonal levels and how things change over time. And as our hormones change in the 40s, 50s, and beyond, we start to see the stimulation um, or this promotion of pigment in the skin. Sun plays an incredible role in it. So the more we protect our skin from the sun, no matter what shade the skin is, whether it's very fair where sunburn is common or whether Mm -hmm. it's a much darker brown skin type where sunburn isn't an issue, but the damage from the sun is still there. And sun always promotes pigment in the skin. Now, see, because I always thought if you had darker skin, you didn't need like sunscreen because like darker skin or darker pigments may not get sunburned, but that's not the case, right? And any skin type can get sunburned. Okay. Much less common, the more brown color that's in the skin. Mm -hmm. However, the skin is still still damaged by the sun to some extent. Mm -hmm. And so that protection is really, really important. Um, The sun creates damage in the DNA of the skin. Mm -hmm. It stimulates the pigment. It changes the texture of the skin. And so all of those things happen no matter what the shade. Got it. Skin cancer, sunburn, much more common in lighter skin types, but every skin type needs sunscreen. And that's one of the things I've been happiest to see is I see so many of my patients with skin of color yeah. that are now using their sunscreen as part I of their skincare re- regimen. Got it. Now, is there like a certain number around the sunscreen? Like the S, is it S? SPF. Like is 15, I see 15, 30 different numbers. Is there a certain one? 15 to 30 is fine. Okay. The main thing, particularly in skin of color, is that we need to have a sunscreen that rubs in very nicely. And some do, some don't. Depends a little bit on how they're formulated Mm -hmm. and what's in them to protect from the sun. But I promise there are great sunscreens out there that go on wonderfully on skin of color. Okay. 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 So what about the, um, and I always have a hard time saying this word, elasticity. 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 (laughs) In our skin. I know as we age, that kind of lessens the firmness. So can you expound on that for us a little? Yes. And so uh, genetics play Mm -hmm. a role in how much elastic fibers and collagen and other components of the skin change over time. Mm -hmm. So that's where that hereditary piece comes in. Mm -hmm. But then pollution, sun, diet, smoking, alcohol, all of those things affect those processes also. But part of the reason our skin changes over time Mm -hmm. is we lose the amount of collagen and the amount of elastin in the skin. And elastin helps to keep the skin where it bounces back a little more. Uh It stays tight. (laughs) It it doesn't sag as much. And so along with some of the other things that we can talk about that make the face change over time, Mm -hmm. that loss of elastin in the skin is a huge Mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah. 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 I've, I've experienced that. So I'm, um, that's why I work with you, Dr. Well, Wright. You that's are fabulous. Why, that's why. <laughs> so what kind of wisdom nuggets, Dr. Wright, would you give someone who, uh, again, someone 40 plus who may be struggling a little, kind of feeling like, you know, I don't look the same anymore. Um, a quick story I've told to some of the other folks is I met a young lady who's turning 40 this year in 2023. And she said, I love what you're doing with zeal. She said, but to be honest, I'm just having an issue with turning 40. 
2023. It's like my skin is different. Uh, my body's different. So what wisdom nugget would you give someone that might be just struggling a little through this aging journey? I think from a medical standpoint, mm -hmm. it is all the things that we hear. Mm -hmm. um, exercise, sleeping at least seven to eight hours a night. Ooh, I need to get that now. Enough water. <laughs> and I don't think everybody needs a gallon of water a day, mm -hmm. but enough water for the amount of activity mm -hmm. that you do and what your body needs. Okay. Um, avoiding smoking, limiting alcohol, you know, all of that stuff. Right. All of that stuff um, <laughs> really helps. Mm -hmm. But I think from a mindset standpoint, yes. it's okay to change. Mm -hmm. And none of us can avoid it. There are all of these things that are happening in our bodies that we cannot control. Mm -hmm. What we can control is the way that we embrace them yes. and the way we engage with them. And fortunately, we as women going into this above 40 age group mm -hmm. are seeing a point where people are appreciating beauty at all ages. It's yeah. not all about the young face and the young body. Mm -hmm. There is beauty through the life cycle. Yes. And we need to start retraining our minds mm -hmm. and our societal viewpoints yes. to embrace that. Yes. And so I think that that's the most important thing. And there's so many new beginnings. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, the wisdom, the life experience, and that confidence that should come with being 40 plus should yeah. really propel you forward, despite all of the little, you know, this sags a little more. Right. I have this little brown spot that's come up. I'm not as tight in the legs or the mm -hmm. behind as I used to be. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Agree. And and that's what zeal is all about, right? Yes. Really just making sure, again, that society, men, women, children, mm -hmm. everybody understands that the learnings that we have, the experiences that we have, we need to live our best now. Absolutely. Our best now. So I appreciate you validating that and what you just said. So another quick question going back to kind of skincare, uh, and this is my kind of personal experience of when I first started seeing these little fine lines, it was probably more in my forehead. So is there a certain area as we think about fine lines? I know it's different for everyone. I don't know why mine started here first, but is there is there something there? It, it is. It just depends. Absolutely different for everyone. Yeah. That's where that genetic piece comes in mm -hmm. and just the overall structure of the face, the thickness of the skin, the body's metabolism as all mm. the parts of the skin are, are replaced. All of those things play a role. And then muscle action, because of course we have these thin muscles in the face mm -hmm. that are creating our facial expression. Okay. But as we lose the elasticity and our skin gets thinner, the way we see those muscles pull on the skin makes a big difference. And sun tends to etch those lines in and make them more prominent. And so it's all part of that same process of the mm -hmm. collagen, the elastin, um, mm -hmm. and all of those changes that happen through the bony structure of the face, mm -hmm. the musculature of the face, which are all those fine muscles, the fat in the face, mm -hmm. and the skin itself. And Got all it. of that interplays to make those lines. Yeah, and I think I have heard before, like, because um, I do have, like, facial expressions where mm -hmm. I can see like this part of my face, it kind of goes, ah. So, but I was just wondering, like, I wonder why mine kind of started here first, but. Your genetics. Genetics, okay. Cool, cool. Dr. Wright, quick question here as it relates to, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier the little fine lines that started here um, in my forehead. So I know that there is, um, as women, as we age, 
I know that there are questions around, and my sister and I talk about it a lot, as it relates to um, Botox or other things that women could potentially leverage if they are having or if they're struggling a little as it relates to fine lines or just not fine lines in their faces. Is there, could you give us some tips and tools on if a person may be struggling a little and they don't want the fine lines, and I know there's a stigma, again, kind of around potentially people doing fillers or Botox or whatever. I just want to ensure that the listeners and the viewers understand that there's always a choice. It depends on what you're comfortable with, the individual, but at least I want to uh, ensure that they're knowledgeable about it. Absolutely. So I think first and foremost, I always tell my patients, when they ask me, what can I do for my face? Mm -hmm. I give them a mirror and I say, well, tell me, what are the things that you like about your face? What are the, some of the things that you see changing mm-hmm. that you would like to try to address? And then that's where we start our conversation. So Got for it. you, if it's the lines in the forehead, mm-hmm. then I think getting on a little bit of Retin-A or Retinol, mm-hmm. using your sunscreen, and then Botox. Mm-hmm. Botox is a wonderful treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, it works very well in almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives great predictable results. And it can really make your forehead very smooth. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be used in other areas, the 11s, the lines that come between the eyebrows. Mm -hmm. It can be used for the crow's feet, the little lines that come around the eyes. Mm -hmm. We can even use it in the lower face and sometimes in the neck to help with some of the changes that come there. Mm-hmm. And and really, it is becoming much less stigmatized. I mean, okay. now people kind of talk about it like they do getting their hair colored or their right. teeth cleaned, right? <laughs> it, it's becoming so commonplace mm-hmm. um, and works great in all skin types. I'm a huge proponent of it. I always tell people it's on my top 10 things because it just is a great product mm-hmm. for people who want to use it, right. for people that have apprehensions about it, that don't feel comfortable with it, that don't want to change their faces. That's great. But mm-hmm. for those who do, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful, wonderful product. So is there, if they're not comfortable with the Botox piece, are there other other things that they might could try? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So again, the skincare piece that we talked about, mm-hmm. um, microneedling, um, mm-hmm. certain types of lasers or chemical peels will help with fine lines. Now, they don't take away those deeper expression lines, mm-hmm. but they help with overall skin texture and making things better. Mm -hmm. But the microneedling will give a little stronger result, a little bit more smoothness. Mm -hmm. But for that area, particularly the forehead and those vertical lines between the brows, Mm -hmm. I think Botox is my first, second, and third choice. But there are absolutely other things. It just is, to me, the single best product. Or I would say botulinum toxins. There are others besides Mm -hmm. Botox. Um, But we say Botox like we say Kleenex, right? Right. There are other (laughs) facial tissues, but they're all Kleenex. And so same way with Botox, but Mm -hmm. it was the first in this group of products that Mm -hmm. was approved back in the 70s. -hmm. And so it's been around for a very long time. It was not, yes, not initially for cosmetic reasons. Mm -hmm. It was used for neurological issues or issues with the muscles of eye movement. And then it was Mm -hmm. discovered in those patients that it got rid of wrinkles. And then it went on from there. But it's been around since the 70s. So the you said microneedling? Microneedling. Does that hurt? 
Uh, that like that would hurt. A little bit, but you know, beauty is pain sometimes. <laughs> and so it, it hurts a little bit, but we get through it. Um, mm-hmm. We do some topical anesthetic and mm-hmm. we create a relaxing environment and it can make nice changes for fine lines. Also for scarring, when people have acne okay. scarring mm-hmm. or scars from car accidents or, or things of that sort, it can help to improve those also. Hmm. Oh, you brought up acne and a question popped in my mind because I know... Some women that I know, uh, 40 plus, have said, hey, you know, I'm experiencing acne, which I never had before. So how can you give us a little more information on that? Absolutely. So often we see acne in women due to hormones in adulthood that never had it in their teens. Once Mm. we get into our mid to late 20s, our hormones start changing and they change throughout the life cycle up through menopause. Mm -hmm. And some of the hormones called androgens that behave a little bit more like testosterone Mm -hmm. start to increase. They increase more and more and more. And that tends to stimulate a lot of acne, particularly Mm -hmm. the premenstrual acne, Mm -hmm. the stress-related acne. All of those things play a role, but those hormones really drive it a lot. And there can be a genetic component to it also. Got it. Okay. Great. And we have many ways of of, of treating it. I think the other thing to talk about that Mm -hmm. so many people are concerned about is when the face starts to go downward. We Mm. start to see the folds here by the mouth. We start to see the jowls or the double double chin. Mm -hmm. Why is that happening? Mm. Um, That's happening because our faces are changing no matter how good the skin looks. The bones are changing. The muscles are changing. And the fat is changing. Mm-hmm. It's leaving places where we want it, where it is in a more <laughs> young face, in, in the cheeks, in the mid face, and it's ending up down here in our mm-hmm. jowls and under mm-hmm. our chins. Mm-hmm. And so um, that process is helped a lot by fillers because mm-hmm. those volume shifts change what our facial structure looks like when we're younger to something else. And fillers give us an opportunity to recreate some Mm -hmm. of that support and to stimulate a little bit of collagen and to help kind of blunt or smooth out some of those facial expression lines that happen. And Mm -hmm. the fillers can be used very nicely Mm -hmm. in combination with Botox to really keep the skin and face looking timeless for a period of time. And then sometimes if people have things that bother them that are more exaggerated, then they may have to look at doing something surgical. But in this day and age, Mm -hmm. through skincare, through minimally invasive procedures like mm-hmm. Botox, filler, microneedling, chemical peels, hydrofacials. Yeah, I've heard of the chemical Lasers. Yeah. All of those things can really help to keep the face looking timeless. And so nice. this really is an exciting time. You don't have to go under the knife. Yeah. Things can look very, very natural. Nice. So Dr. Wright, for women of color, um, is there anything we need to be doing differently because our skin is a darker hue and you know, how do we research to ensure that we're going to the right person from a skincare perspective? Absolutely. So I think first and foremost, most things that are used to benefit skin are good for all skin types. Okay. There are a few exceptions. Mm-hmm. For people of color, lasers can be tricky. There mm. are a few lasers that can be used or laser-like devices, but there are a lot of them that do not do well in skin of color. And that's mainly because the light in the laser 
can't tell what it should be targeting from the pigment mm. in the skin. Okay. And so we have to be very cautious. So some lasers, some laser-like devices are not good for brown skin. Some are. So okay. that's first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Chemical peeling can definitely be done in skin of color, but it has to be done in a very conservative way and not too uh, deeply because then we run risk of complications. Mm -hmm. But chemical peels are some of the best treatments when done properly for the discoloration that we talked about earlier, yeah. um, for fine lines and other things that exist. I think the most important thing mm -hmm. is to always make sure that you're seeing a skincare professional that has the knowledge and the expertise in all skin types mm -hmm. and that understands what the limitations, but what the assets are of mm -hmm. working with skin of color. Got it. Because I know, true story, my mom, this was years and years and years ago. Again, the splotches mm -hmm. I mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. she was getting them pretty bad. And she actually got a chemical peel. We went to the wrong person, even though we did some research. And I mean, it did. It, it, it actually kind of burned her skin. So you're right on just making sure we're researching, that we have, you know, doctors and dermatologists that um, know all skin types uh, so we can always make the right decisions. So thank Absolutely. you for that information as well. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, last thing, we're going to play a little challenge game here, Dr. Wright. And I've, um, I've done this with, with all of the guests. And it's a challenge because I want to challenge the mindset, again, of society to ensure that people understand as we age, it's not over. It's the beginning, as I mentioned earlier, of another lifestyle mind, uh, milestone. So I'm going to say a word or a phrase or a few words that society has deemed negative as women age. And then I want you to flip the script and say the first positive thing that comes to mind. So I'm going to give you an example. So an example would be wrinkles. So for me, flipping the script, that's wisdom yes. for me. Yes. So a couple of words. All right. You ready? Yes. All right. First word, aging. New opportunity. Mm. Expound on that for me. So as we get older, mm -hmm. those experiences, um, the, the things that we've gone through in life, what we've learned about the world and what we learned about ourselves mm -hmm. helps us to be able to make choices to move us into better and better spaces. Mm -hmm. And I just think we should never let aging stop us from doing what we want to do, being who we want to mm -hmm. be, and really embracing all of those things that we've experienced in life to really propel us to an even better place, whether mm -hmm. it's personally, with family, right. career-wise, with relationships. I think it's just important to say that aging gives us an opportunity to move forward. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Menopause. <laughs> uh, challenging, but fun. Okay. Okay. Let's keep going there. Challenging, but fun. So I, I think um, some of those things we all hated about being premenopausal are now gone. So that's the great part of it, right? right? You don't have to worry about pregnancy anymore. You don't have all to the worry doctors about have said that disrupted <laughs> vacations. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know those hormonal effects do change things. It can change sleep patterns. It does change our appearance. It can yeah. change. It can change thickness of our hair, um, the the um, kind of vitality 
of our skin. Mm -hmm. um, it can change so many things about us, even our bones, our mm -hmm. cardiovascular system, but that's okay yeah. because those things are not stopping you from doing the things you want to do. And my grandmother used to always say, youth and wisdom don't come at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think by the time you get to menopause, mm -hmm. you've accumulated, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice. That's okay. That's so okay. much life experience mm -hmm. um, and so much insight that it really does give you an opportunity. Kids are older. Yes. Um, you know, relationships may be mature or you may be in a position to create a new relationship. Mm -hmm. But all of those challenges make us richer. They yes. make us better. And challenges are okay. We grow from challenge. Exactly. Awesome. Cool. Last thing. Girl, you too old to be sexy. <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> untrue. Sexy is old now. Yes. Right? Yes. Sexy is old now. And what is old? Yes. You know, I, what think, is I old? think we first need to kind of re-educate our minds as far as what is old. Mm -hmm. um, we're at a different phase, but there's so many things that we can do. And there, there is so many younger men that mm -hmm. I have spoken to mm -hmm. do see the beauty of women that are a little bit older mm -hmm. with the confidence, oh, yeah. um, uh, just that wisdom that mm -hmm. keeps cupping up. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that I think at a certain point, you learn to pull yourself together. Mm -hmm. You learn what makes you feel good and therefore look good. Mm -hmm. um, you learn what color lipstick is best for you. You right. learn what hairstyle works for you. Mm -hmm. and, and there is an absolute, I think, new appreciation for that, even with younger people. I have yeah. a sister that's 20 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm always amazed at how much her young friends have embraced me and my friends from the time they yeah. were in college until now that they're on the brink of 40. Mm -hmm. And it has been always inspiring to me and reassuring because mm -hmm. sometimes they see things that we don't even see. Right. And while they're younger and trying to figure out their lives, what they're looking for is that confidence and understanding that we have of our lives yeah. at that age around menopause, right? right? It can happen right. before that. But I do think that that change brings us some evolutions that can be really, really positive. I agree. And it's, again, that roadmap. Like you yeah, said, they've absolutely. been looking at you and your friends since they were 20 or whatever, yeah. and you're you're kind of laying the foundation for them. And that's what we want them to see is, again, that once you become 40, it's not over. You see all the cards and the balloons about you're over the hill. It's all black, et cetera. But no, we just want to leave that roadmap and show younger women and inspire and continue to educate and elevate those women that are 40 plus. And I think so it's, it's such an old concept, yeah. this over the hill and, yeah. you know, everything's downhill. It, it really isn't. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think you're an absolute living example oh, of you. how that is absolutely not the case. Yes. As you are, too. Oh, so that's why I ask you to be on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Wright. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you supporting Zeal and just all the great things that you're doing around the city of Atlanta as well. So thank you well, for being thank here. you for having me here. And I hope to get to come back and chat with you, you soon because there are so many things that we can talk about that women can do mm -hmm. to keep that skin looking the way they want, keeping mm -hmm. the face and the body the way they want. Exactly. And you will. And if you need me for anything, just let me know.
Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks, Zill Nation, for being with us. And remember, next week, we'll have another real conversation around the aging journey. Zeal, Aging Redefined. I'm Stella Ringer, your Chief of Aging Fabulous, and I'll see you next week.